in the world of sales, why is it that closers are so hard to find and so hard to keep? This is a question that every company should be asking if they want to be profitable and they really want to compete at a high level. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today, today is a good day. I'm coming to you live from the studio, and I want to give you fair warning. This episode is probably going to hurt some feelings. So this is what I refer to as an asbestos underwear type conversation. This means I hope you brought your big boy pants. I hope you brought your big girl pants, because what I'm going to talk about today is going to shed some light on, on some of the problems in the world of sales and why they're there. When you take a look at the world of sales, there is no universal ruler. There's nothing that says that this type of person is absolutely going to close deals, they're gonna crush it, they're gonna be good at what they do. There's not a universal test. There's there's every type of person out there. You wanna add some problems to the mix. What it comes down to for companies is every industry looks at sales a little bit differently. Every company is gonna to have different KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, different rules, different scenarios. And so someone can walk up to a company and be like, I'm a closer. And they are at the company that they're at, but they go somewhere else and they're not. Or they're closing deals and they're crushing it in one industry and then they switch industries and they're not closing deals for whatever reason. There could be quite a few different reasons for it. So there's no real set way to judge, is this sales dude, is this sales chick, the top notch versus, you know, not very good at what they do. So, you know, I've, I've been in the, in the car with lots of salespeople. I've sat through a lot of sales presentations. I've seen everybody from weak salespeople all the way to the top, top dog closers. And I'm like, man, if there was like three traits that I can name out that would really help you out and like, Hey, what are these three traits that, that really make up the top salespeople? One of them is going to be unique experiences and abilities. You know, it's not just the things about sales that they know. It's the things about life. It's the experiences that they've been through. The second part of that's going to be their personality. And every personality is different. I have seen the driest personalities close deals. And I've seen the most exuberant person that you think everybody would like lose deals. So, I mean, the personality can go across the spectrum. And then tied to that of the triad is going to be the sales skills, the things that they've learned how to do, the questions they know how to ask, the stories they know how to tell, the ways they know how to ask for business. When you take a look at the spectrum of salespeople, on one end, you've got passive salespeople who you meet them and you're like, well, I don't know if this guy or this girl can close deals. And by golly, they can. Oh my goodness. You look at them and they're like, wow, that, that guy or that girl surprised me. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got aggressive salespeople. These are like the people you're like, oh man, this, this, is, this is just aggressive and over the top and I don't know how to deal with it. And you know what? They can close deals too. And this adds to the confusion because like you can have one person in the building, you meet them and you're like, nope, no way this person's closing deals. And they are a monster behind the pen. And then you meet somebody who's an aggressive salesperson and just as good at closing deals. So like, you know, managers are like, I don't know how to find the right person. I don't know what to do. 
So who's the better closer? Well, you know who the answer is, Silly, the one that can close the deals. Most companies can't define who they have working for them, and so this creates some problems. Now, this is the part of the episode where I'm like, hey, fair warning, I'm going to give you the opportunity to bounce out because there are going to be some people who are like, I don't know if I agree with this, and that's cool. Like, we don't always have to agree. Here's what I want to share with you. We don't always have to agree. I've got a different perspective from writing with salespeople. And so what I did is I've lined out what I think are labels for salespeople. And the first one is going to be about 80% of the sales world. This is going to be a sales associate. You know, these, this type of person's everywhere. They're just getting started. They, they may go like, hey, you know, I'm okay with making 60, 80, 100 grand a year. I really don't want to put in the work. I really don't want to put in the effort. I just want to show up and do the bare minimum. So like a sales associate is going to be the bare minimum person. They're a price matcher. They're a discounter. I promise you. I promise you that uh, if you're looking around your office and you're listening to this episode of the How to Sell Show, you're like, oh my goodness, that guy's not a sales guy. He's a sales associate or that girl's not a salesperson. So you look around your office and you're like, oh, I get it. That's not a salesperson. That's a sales associate. Ah, makes sense. Price matcher, discounter. I mean, you could acquire these people anywhere. They're, they're the people who apply for sales jobs. and They're like, I just would be happy uh, just to have a job. They're not necessarily doing anything to develop their skills. So I'm going to say salesperson. That's going to be 20% of the world of sales. You know, they could be hired and acquired. They're profitable. And this is probably about the point where people start listening to podcasts. They read books. Uh, they, they pay for their own courses. They pay for their own coaching. They're learning how to get better. Doesn't mean that you're stuck in the top 20%. It just means that the, that's where you're at today, right? That's just, that's just where you're at today. And then the next on the evolution, salespeople, they can be hired and acquired. They're profitable. You know, they're, they're out there in the marketplace. These are the type of people, probably like you, starting in this group where you're looking for ways to get better. You're looking for content. You're looking for things to, to, to listen to, to watch. You're paying for your own books. You're paying for your own training. You know, you're, you're, you're learning everything that you can to be good at your craft. So when you look down down the hill, back behind you, where it's going to be the sales associate. That's going to be the person that like you go to the sales meeting, you're looking, you're like, why can't you just get this together? Why can't you practice on your own? Why do you always have to have somebody to do something for you? Like in my mind, that's not a salesperson. That's a sales associate. Next on the list is going to be a closer. These are the people who can consistently close deals. They're about the top 5% of the world of sales. They get tougher to woo because they know that they're good at what they do. They know they could be profitable in any industry. They know that they could pretty much switch industries and be okay. And then the top 1% of salespeople, which I like to refer to as the performer, you know, they're the person who can pretty much close any deal in any situation, no matter what goes on, they're able to make things happen. MIH, they can make it happen. They can close deals in their sleep. And these top, top dogs are tough to find because, you know, in their mind, they know, hey, if I'm a closer, I'm the prize companies will do everything they can to get this person because they know how much more profitable they are. So let's start with a couple of the problems that I see as people climb the ladder. There are salespeople issues. And what it comes down to is most salespeople think that they're closers. You talk to any salesperson, they're like, yep, I'm a closer. <laughs> there's like, there's, there's no way in the world of sales that 100% of salespeople could be closers. It's not possible. It's just not going to happen. And salespeople love to overstate their capabilities and their abilities for what they could do. I sat through a ton of sales interviews. I've interviewed a ton of salespeople. And one of the first things that they all say is, I'm a closer. Like you can almost 
pretty much just guarantee it within the first five minutes there's like this macho nervous energy where someone will walk in and be like you know what this job's mine Uh, i'm a closer and there's a difference between the people who truly are and the people who are just saying it and it's really interesting to sit through interviews with salesperson after salesperson and hear i'm a closer i'm a closer i'm a closer And occasionally you do meet somebody who like, well, they're the big freaking deal. They are the real deal. They are a closer. And what I find is people are typically one step off of what they say they are. So one of the cool things that I learned how to do in the world of in-home sales is, or when I offered easy payment plans, I would ask the buyer, I would say like, you know, which, which kind of credit you think you have? A means you pay your bills all the time and everything's good. You know, B means you got like probably one or two late payments. C means you have a couple of late payments, something outstanding. D means you got a bunch of late payments. And F means you just don't pay your bills. If I asked somebody what they were, if they told me that they were A, they were probably a B. If they told me they were a B, they were probably a C. If they told me they were a D, they were probably like a Q. <laughs> it was just the way that it was. And it works the same way with, with salespeople. So if I say like in an interview, I'm like, hey, sales guy, hey, sales, gr- sales girl, how are you? They're like, well, you know, I'm a closer. In my mind, I'm like, mm probably just a normal salesperson. There's nothing wrong with that. But salespeople love to overstate what they do because this is one of the things that you're taught in the world of sales is you sell the idea, you sell yourself, you create a buffer around what's going on and you uh, accentuate what you got good going for you and you ignore the weaknesses. It's it's just really weird. Like some, Like sales doesn't really have additions. Like, you know, you watch these shows where a musician comes up and they're like, Hey, I want to play you a song I wrote, or I'm going to sing the song that somebody else wrote. Like in the world of sales, this doesn't happen. There's no such thing as sales additions. And if there was most salespeople would not show up there, there wouldn't be a line wrapped around the building. And there's a couple reasons for it. One salespeople who say they're a closer, they don't want to get caught in the story. Like I'm a closer and they're really not a closer Two. It's really weird how salespeople will be like, well, I don't want to show you my my unique skill or my unique talent. I don't want to use my closing line on you because you're going to take it. <laughs> I don't I don't know how many times I've seen this happen. I don't know how many times I can tell you that I've asked a salesperson to role play in front of me and they sandbag it. And sandbagging means that they don't put in the right amount of effort. They, they fake it. And I've seen enough sales presentations in my lifetime to go, hey, time out, sales dude. Time out, sales chick. Like, no, 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 you're sandbagging it. And I'm going to call you out because I've seen enough sales presentations. How come you're not giving me the real deal? And sometimes people will say, well, that's like the best that I got. Okay. Well, you walked in the door and said you were a closer, but like you're a salesperson. No big deal. Acquire some skills, come back and come be a closer. Not knocking it. Like everybody's got to start somewhere. Learn, learn and get better at what you do. You know, it's just like, sometimes I'll come back and they're like, well, I don't want to tell you what I do because you're going to copy me. And I'm like, look. At this stage in life, I'm probably a couple cheeseburgers past you for what I've seen and what I know. There's not very many people who are going to take what you have and be able to put their spin on it and close some deals. It doesn't happen all the time. It does happen, but it's not like some guarded secret recipe like, you know, a, a restaurant has. It's, it's, it's like it's a power move. Like you, if I show you my goods, you're, you're not going to get it. And I'm like, I'll show you my goods. You probably just can't do what I do. You know, you like think about professional athletes. Professional athletes, they show their skill like on the field all the time. They're not worried about somebody ripping off a move. They're like, go ahead, try to copy it. I got more. If there was additions, most of these salespeople would never show up. They're all show and no go. You know, in Texas, they call it big hat, no cows. <laughs> You'll see ad, hey, we want you to come come sell for us. There's, there's an open job if you're a closer and 
They'll raise their hand and say, I could do it, but they never show. Because what it is, is it's that masculine thing about sales where people have to talk up their sales skills and then they really can't back it up. They talk a lot of trash, but they don't, they don't have the swing to back it up. Part of this comes down to management issues. And when you take a look inside of companies like I have, and I've been on the inside, most companies don't know how to hire. Most companies don't know what to look for in employees, let alone salespeople. And so they don't have a set process. And what they do is they find like pleasant people and like, don't, please don't misunderstand me. I, I don't have a problem with pleasant people, but what will happen is pleasant people typically in the world of sales are people pleasers. And what happens is because they're a people pleaser, they're a price matcher, they're a discounter. They, they, they're really a sales associate in the definitions that I use. They're a sales associate. And so what ends up happening is you know, like they're generally nice people. They're generally good people, but they can't, they can't close deals. They're just, they're not a profitable salesperson. And when you take a look at it, what happens is some companies don't look at the profits. They don't look at what's going on. And so they'll look around and they're like, hey, I got a closer here in the building. And you take a look, you dig into the numbers, you look at the profits. And you're like, look, you don't have a closer. You got a price matcher, you got a discounter. And so this is where some of the confusion comes from. This price matcher or discounter thinks that they're a closer. They think that they're fantastic at what they do. When at the end of the day, they're mediocre because their numbers aren't being stacked up the right way. Remember, there's no universal ruler for closers in the world of sales. There's nothing out there that says like this guy or this girl is really legitimately good at what they do. There's no, there's no universal litmus test. It's got to come from the person's abilities. And so it's really interesting to be in an interview process where someone's like, I'm a closer. And you put some pressure on them and they fold. You're like, no, 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 no. Like, no, you're not a closer. And like at the beginning, they're like, they're full of confidence. Like I'm the best in the world. And you put some pressure on them and they fold and they're like, hey, you know, well, I guess I'm really not good at what I do. You're like what just happened? What happened to the person who walked into the door overconfident and, and like now you're deflated. Part of it comes down to sales manager problems. Most sales managers duplicate themselves. So if you've got a good sales manager, yay you, congratulations. And I mean that the most genuine way. If you've got a crappy sales manager, that crappy sales manager is typically going to duplicate themselves. They're going to find another version of them. They're going to find every version of them. You know, if you go, if you buy into people buy how they sell or people sell how they buy, people also hire how they sell. And I really want you to think about that. There's like 15, 16 different ways and 16 different versions of people sell how they buy. And, the, and this one is super important. People hire how they sell. And so what happens is like, let's say I am a passive salesperson, but I can close deals, okay? I'm a passive closer. Well, uh, an aggressive closer comes in and it may scare me as a passive closer. But I bring in a passive salesperson. I'm like, oh, we're very alike. We can build rapport together. We could talk about sports. We could talk about basketball. We could talk about football. We could talk about boats. We could talk about fishing, but what you can't really talk about is closing deals because you brought in a passive people pleaser and companies fall into this a lot. Sometimes I'll get introduced to a sales team and I'll look around the table and I'll be like, okay, I, I hope that some of these people in this building can close. And then it comes down to the, the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the people, the sales associates in the building, the price matchers, the discounters, they're there taking up space. And the other 20% of salespeople who are on their way to get better, to get better at what they're doing and on their way to closing deals, they're the ones who are really putting up the numbers. They're the ones that are really doing the work. And then they're looking at all the dead weight going, what is this guy or this girl doing here? They're taking up my, they're taking my ups and they're taking my leads.
Managers who duplicate themselves that are excellent will build an excellent sales team. Managers that duplicate themselves that are poor at what they do, they're going to have a lot of sales associates. And you know what? Here's what happens is when people buy on price and they sell on price, they're typically the most difficult people on the planet to work with. There's something about cheap buyers that are just like, oh my goodness, why are you so cheap and why are you so difficult? It usually goes hand in hand. And I'm not saying it does all the time, but like when I was a sales manager, the people that had the most amount of problems with deals were the people who were price matchers and discounters because they had to overpromise and oversell to get the job to close the deal. And it did nothing but cause problems. So if you're like a manager and you're like, why do I keep having problems with clients? Take a look at the numbers. Closers typically don't have problems because they got the confidence to close the deals. Performers typically don't have problems. They can. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm just saying, cross the line, look at the numbers. You will find like most of the problems come from the bottom 80% of the salespeople who are doing everything they can to close a deal, but they're not closing the deal the right way. So you're like, Scott, I get it. There's salespeople issues. There's management issues, but what can we do? Well, okay. If you have a company, you're a manager, set best practices, set bench benchmarks, like better than the industry. If the industry says that, you know, the, the average person closes at 30, 30%, don't accept anything less than 35. I'll give you the real numbers. In the world of sales right now, this came out 2020. I'll see if I can get attribution on this. I got it somewhere on my computer because I, I saved it. The average closing rate for salespeople across the board in the world of sales is 17%. One, seven, not even a quarter, 17%. That's insane. So uh, in-home sales, the average closing rate is 27%. That's uh, roofing, heating and air, plumbing, electrical, concrete, you know, uh, landscaping, 27% is the average. So if I, if I was going into one of those industries, I would set a better benchmark and say, hey, look, moving forward, if we're in an industry where it says th uh, 27 is the best percentage and that's the KPI that we're going to shoot for, no, we're going to shoot for like 37. We're going to push that number out because it's going to push weak salespeople out. And if you are a, a salesperson, a closer, a performer, you're like, you would celebrate that. Like, I want to compete against good salespeople. I don't want to be in the meeting with the people who ask the same question over and over again, who cannot manage themselves, who cannot motivate themselves. I don't want that. I want to be with the people who are good at what they do. You know, every, every different type of uh, company has a group of salespeople. And when you're in a group of performers and you're in a group of heavy hitters, like you will do everything you can to get better at what you do to get some competitive edge. If you're in a group of slugs, like there's no reason like, oh, you know what? I could outsell these people in my sleep. No, you're like, you need to up your game. You need to find somewhere, uh, uh, salespeople and a group of salespeople where you're like, man, these people make me nervous because they can close better than me. And they're like, you're going to push your skills on this list. Be willing to train consistently. You know, there, there is a cost of not training. There is a cost of not bringing people in to show somebody how to close a deal. Now there are a couple of dangers when you bring in too many different sales tra trainers, it's a problem of too many minds. Like, I don't know what process to use or what person to follow because this guy says that and this girl says that. No, no, no. You got you to find somebody who's got a good program and you just got to stick with it. Hire better. Like, make your sales process difficult. Like, if, if you have an easy hiring process to get onto the sales floor, man, that's a problem and a half. That's two problems. That's three problems. That's 10 problems. There's going to be nothing but issues. Hire better, find different questions to ask, put a lot of pressure on a salesperson. If a salesperson folds in a tough interview, they're going to fold with a tough buyer. Last on the list, look out for top salespeople. 
And you may have to pay a top salesperson better. But like, you know, when you look at the acquisition cost of a client, let's say you're paying 500 bucks a lead. You, between internet, whatever advertising you do, it's 500 bucks a lead. If you have somebody who's closing at 50%, it's costing you $1,000 to make that sell. If you have somebody who's closing at 75%, you've just cut that acquisition cost to 750 bucks. Like, why wouldn't you shift and say, hey, look, I'm going to pay you better because I'd either have to pay for marketing or I could pay a closer. And if you really want to attract top talent, sometimes it is the money. If you can find people who close deals and they come in and say, I don't want the standard rate of commissions that other people make because I will sell circles around them, reward them. But you know, here's what happens is companies get caught up like there's going to be a management issue and people are going to complain. So what? So what? It's not fair that that closer makes more money. Well, get some more sales skills. Make some more money yourself. You know, one of the greatest things that you could do, where legal, I'm not giving you legal advice or hiring advice. The Scott, Scott Sylvan Bell or the How to Sell show is not an attorney. But like where legal, why would you not tier your sales process and say, hey, look, if you're closing at a 50% uh, closing rate, you get 10% commission. And if you close at a 60% closing rate, you get an 11% commission. If you close at a 70% closing rate, you get a 13% commission. Like you think about it, you're paying for somebody to suck. By paying for, for salespeople and you're paying them the same amount across the board and you have weak salespeople, you're saying it's okay for you to suck. It's okay for you to not be very good at what you do because we're going to pay everybody the same. It may be a little bit controversial, but like real deal, you want you want closers and performers in your business. You can have salespeople too, but what you don't want is sales associates, the bottom 80% of the sales world who are price matchers and discounters. That's what you could do as a company. When it comes down to it, one of the reasons why closers are so hard to find is because there's so many different ways to describe what a closer is. And you're going to have to figure out which way you want to describe a closer for your company or for your business. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.